If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Relatively slow day for Florida State. I, uh, good. Good. We, we could use a, a breather. Yesterday, you and I, right after the show, had to shoot a video. Malik McClain has entered his name in the transfer portal. We shot that video, I think, an hour after we got off the air. Admittedly, it was not stunning to learn of... Malik's decision to enter the portal. And ironically, you had just gone over the numbers during the JCS in hour two before we got word that he was entering the transfer portal. And I remember thinking as you read those totals, I think it was 14 receptions? Uh, 17, 17 receptions. But 14 was Marquiston. Yeah. So I remember thinking at that moment, hmm, not a lot from that guy. And I wonder how many he'll get this year now that we've added weapons. I think he had the same thought. Now, we would love for a kid to bet on himself, especially if he's got talent, especially if he is a kid whose talents are growing, where you're beginning to witness growth as a player, consistency, those kinds of things were evident in his game, even though he had a grand total of 17 receptions last year. And the variety of the uh, catches and routes and the things that he was able to do grew as well. So it would be great to see him stick around and, and get the most out of what he is for Florida State, but I don't begrudge him. There's only so many touches to go around, and it, I don't know I, I, I don't know that they could guarantee him that he was going to get much more in the way of receptions than he did a year ago. Uh, the guys that are ahead of him on the depth chart also got better as the year went on. And figure to only get better because they are, to a man, hard workers and in some cases more talented. And you add two tight ends to the mix that can play. You know, I, it, it's going to be hard. It would be hard for Malik McClain to get more touches than he got this past year. And if he th- feels like he can be the guy somewhere and he can be the focal point, at least at receiver for an offense, uh, maybe at a smaller school. Uh, you know it's hard. It's hard to tell him not to do that. So I wish him well. He could be a one or a two somewhere, and that wouldn't like it's if you said starting receiver, which means you got two positions. Yeah, I mean, that's that becomes less stunning at that point. 
What stinks is it seemed like he was garnering more trust from Jordan Travis as the season went on, more you know trust from Mike Norvell and uh, Alex Atkins as it seemed like he was being drawn up a play for a little bit more often. I mean, there were a lot of guys, especially in the bowl game, it was hard to siphon through. Think about those first three, four drives, how many different receivers were on the field. It was almost like they were trying to get everybody some reps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But when you look at the regular season for the last few games, Malik was a big part of the offense. Even though the numbers aren't outrageous, he was out there. He was uh, at least going to make one or two impact plays in every single game. So it stinks. I was hoping that maybe he would get through spring camp because if I'm a receiver in this offense, if I can win a job, a good one coming out of spring camp, I'm about to go off. This offense is so balanced and so frightful for defensive coordinators. I'm going to be wide the hell open just by nature of being out there. I'm going to be wide the hell open at least once or twice every game because they got to defend other people. They got to focus on other people. Yeah. And, and listen, he had to accept uh, a downgrade in his value as they upgraded the position this offseason, this past offseason. Um, I'm sure that didn't sit well. And then when you only have 17 receptions and you don't really see a path for more. I mean, yes, he could think along the lines that, that you just described. Which is, yeah, play it out in spring. Yeah, and play it out no and see what deal. happens. Right. Yeah, yeah. But for those of you wondering, well, how long does this madness go on? Seven more days. Seven more days. January 19th closes the window. It is a 45-day window for the NCAA's transfer portal. From hell. So once that portal closes, exhale, enjoy your coffee. Stick around. Don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. And then sign up for Warchant.com so you'll get the next go-around of important nuggets and information regarding the team. But there will be a quiet period, and we're ready for that quiet period. We need no more horns and whistles and big news of the day. We just need a, hey, you know what happened today? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing happened today. All right, then. I like a little bit of nothing every now and again. Can I ever have a Wednesday in which not a damn thing happens with my favorite team? I'd like that Wednesday. And soon. Well, well, you will after next week. Outside of getting 1% better in the weight room. <laughs> you know, that's that's going to happen. Somebody else can shoot that video. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that show. Uh, so they did announce one bit of news from Florida State. Gilbert Edmond was officially announced by Florida State as a member of this class, Tribe 23. So if you're just wondering and saying, all right, it's nice that we get some of these transfers. I know there were whispers over the weekend who actually makes it in. Well, when Florida State goes ahead and announces that you're here, that's it. That's all. So the defensive end from South Carolina. Carolina. South Carolina's got to be like, what did we do to you? Why? Why? Every day, Mike Norvell, you raid our roster. You steal our players. You eat our food from the fridge, drink our wine, sleep with our women, and laugh about it as you walk out the door. I'm tired of it. That has to be the feeling in I, South Carolina currently. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> for them, I believe that's not the name of the university anymore. It's either North <laughs> Tallahassee, <laughs> FSU-N, whatever you want to I mean, they've got to be so damn. I mean, every day. So imagine we talk about the respite that's coming in seven days from 
portal news, from you know daily news. Every day, these folks in South Carolina wake up and go, oh, look at that. Looks like Florida State decided to steal our starting right tackle. Oh, look at that. Looks like Florida State took our starting tight end. Oh, look at that. Looks like Florida State took our starting defensive end. Look at that. Florida State called again, inquiring about some of our linebackers yesterday. Sweet Jesus. Don't pick up the phone. If you see 850, it ain't no good. Yeah, I guess we need to add, <laughs> you know, certain coaches have recruiting territories and they have the pipelines. Remember, we broke up Miami-Dade into a couple yeah. of counties and mm. were badasses in the early part of the last decade. Mike Norvell's recruiting footprint should say South Carolina first. <laughs> it's just South Carolina. So, like, when you look it up, you know, you're trying to get a regional map. And it says Mike Norvell, and then there's just a tea bag hanging over the state of South Carolina. And I'm like, what is what is that? Oh, ask the people of South Carolina; they know. They're well aware. They're well aware. You know, maybe they could put Mike's <laughs> face on a billboard instead. <laughs> the end is coming. Yeah, and it's Mike Norvell yeah. smiling with gray hair. He's got a burka on. <laughs> uh, Jeff, they listen to your disparaging remarks about the state of South Carolina. State of the roads in South Carolina for sure, and the dearth of coffee joints. By the way, would you like some fireworks? We've got plenty of those around every turn. Just avoid the potholes on your way to pick them up. Yeah, I am kind of relentless with South Carolina. Just get it together. Get it together. Rock Hill, you're excluded. And you've made strides. Hilton Head. Well, that didn't even really count, really. Nobody thinks of Hilton Head when they think of South Carolina. They think of that like there's a separate deal. <laughs> They're not of South Carolina. That's just, they got lucky there's a beach located. They'd tell you that too yeah. over there. I'm sure they would. So, game one for Baba wasn't a good one, but namely because they couldn't defend you. That was, damn it, man. He only played 17 minutes, and it's going to take him a while to get it figured out. He hung out way too much out on the perimeter for my liking. Um, but they've got to figure out. And this is the problem with not playing in the first 16 games is you haven't been able to define your role in a game in a way that is still fluid with the other you know, big three, if you will. Good luck defining your role when Caleb Mills is yanked from the game within 30 seconds. Okay, so can we do this because for as much as I love Leonard, and I do, and for good and obvious reasons, this policy of yanking people off the floor because they get two fouls in the first half, no matter when they acquire that second foul, is asinine. This was always going to be a shootout. Look at the way that game started for these two offenses, including our own. Look at what Wake has done at home. Look at the points per game. Look at the shooting percentages. Look at what they've been as an offense at home as opposed to on the road where they're in a nightmare. You were going to have to score a ton of points. It looks like defense was optional for both squads in the first half of that game. So you're going to pull off the court one of your best scorers? He's not a lot of things. I don't love him, but he can score the basketball. And he was off to a start doing just that. I, Damn it, man. That annoys me to know in, and I thought it hurt them last night. Um, yeah. 
I mean, by the time you get to halftime, Wake is on a roll now. Well, you score on six of your first seven possessions to start the game. You take a it's twelve all at the first media timeout, so you already know. Okay, look, man, we're this is going to be a high scoring half. It's going to be a high scoring game, and Caleb gets his second foul. I was looking at the time on that, and he sits the rest of the half. I was seeing if he went back in. I was looking at this box score, and I watched it. I just couldn't remember if did I miss it. No, he didn't. He didn't, did he? No, and Wake actually went through a dry spell right after that first sequence. And you could have capitalized on that, but we couldn't score the basketball ourselves. And we kept on turning the ball over. We traded points nonetheless for that stretch, but then they go on a 15-4 to run to, at the end of the half there, yeah. towards the end of the half, and you're done. The end of the half was something like 30-10 to 10 to, because we were up 19-12. Well, we lost 44-35 was the score of the yeah. break, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I would tell you, and while I've got the box score up, if you shoot 47% on the road and you have a 20-14 to 14 advantage of point, points in the paint and a 7-2 to two margin in second chance points and an 8-7 to seven edge in fast break points in the first 20 minutes of the game against them on the road, then you ought not be in the situation that you're in, but we didn't bother to defend anybody. No, we didn't defend the perimeter. They hit everything that, you know... I think that they were a little bit on the lucky side, but they were also wide the hell open, and they missed a ton of wide-open looks, too. The Appleby kid early on went off the side of the backboard, and he had four seconds to tee up a shot, but then also the turnovers on offense. We didn't turn the ball over this past weekend. We turned it over like crazy. The shot almost last night. 54% on the road. Yeah. yeah. You score 75 points on the road. You ought to be in the game. Now, they shot nearly 56%, and they were also 14 of 26 from three. Everybody shoots threes. Correct. Well, they had 10 in the first half. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? The, the first game was time, lost in the first half. It's just fair to say. The game was lost in the first half. Mills, it, you, you go down swinging. Yeah. Damn well, it. Uh, of course. I, I, You know, I don't like that mindset. I haven't. We coughed it up 17 times. 10 steals by Wake Forest. 10 steals leads to 25 to 13 in fast break points and points off the turnovers. You, there you go. You're going to get beat. Uh, so credit to, credit to Wake, but uh, frustrating for Florida State. Not a great debut for Boba Miller. Ends up with four points, two of four from the field. Uh, missed a free throw. Had four boards and a block shot in 17 minutes off the bench. Uh, he moved well. Uh, but uh, he was kind of floating around out there on the perimeter, never really got any easier shots near the basket to kind of get into the flow of the game. Um, he was only used as a forward last night, so we'll see how they use him moving forward because when you have Corin McLeod, uh, Green, uh, all playing center at various points, and he's a forward, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. They got, they're going to have to figure out what that flow is going to look like and who's going to be doing what the substitution patterns and everything else. But they don't have a lot of time to figure it out, obviously, because you need to go on one hellacious run in the ACC uh, to even put yourself in a position to dream of something rather improbable. And you have to go outside the box to do it, which the comfort zone clearly is two fouls you're sitting. Come on, man. Virginia's 12-3, and 4-2 and two in the ACC. They come to the TLC Double C this Saturday, 4 o'clock. If you can't make it, the game is on ESPN2. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I think I'm going to have some fun with the under in that Bucks cowboys game, by the way. 45 and a half. Is that what the number is? 45 and a half? It's low. It's, it's, yeah. 
They've got issues with their health in the middle of their offensive line as well, dude. Dallas. Yeah, that's why I'm looking at the under with these this game. I, I these two teams are going to, I think, struggle to score. What's the the number on Dak is unbelievable. I think he has thrown an interception in ten straight games. Nine of his last ten games, and he's thrown an interception in seven straight. He's a mess. Yeah, fifteen interceptions. He's played far fewer games than most of the league. There were some stats too, and and I forget the center's name, but I saw it on our old friends at uh, Joe Buck's fan their website today, and it was documenting how when they lost the anchor of their offensive line in the middle, their productivity has gone into the dumpster. Just been awful, and the Bucks have only eclipsed thirty points two or three times this whole season. Only eclipsed twenty points. I think less oh, than it's, half it's, their it's games. All, this they year. can't score a lick. No. Yeah. So the race, you're correct. If this is going to play the way it should. And the Bucks have more injuries to the offensive line. We'll see if Jensen's available. This is a race to 24 is probably generous. It might be a race to 21. I took the under on the 45 and a half. Prescott tied for the lead in interceptions. League lead in interceptions. He's the first player in NFL history to lead or share the lead in interceptions despite missing five-plus games in a season. That is staggering. Uh... And I mentioned again, he's thrown an interception uh, seven straight games and nine of the last ten. You mentioned Mike McCarthy. He's 11-7-1 against the spread in the playoffs as a head coach over 20 years, making him the third most profitable coach yep. against the spread in the playoffs. The uh, other two, one cares very deeply. Oh, old Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is 12-7. and seven. The other was the taskmaster who's no longer in the game. Gruden? Tom Coughlin was 9-2 and two against the spread. Great use of taskmaster. That makes total sense. Yeah, when they made it, they were a wild card team that were probably dogs all the way through their two Super Bowls. Dude, he's 9-2 and two against the spread. He wasn't having it. McCarthy is 6-2 and two as an underdog. 5-5 five and five is a favorite. Doesn't like to be the favorite. They are the favorite against Tampa Bay on the road. Is it still hovering Monday around night. three? I saw two and a half yeah. and three. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a fascinating thing. Obviously, everybody knows the stat that Brady has never lost to Dallas. Both the Chargers and the Cowboys lost to their uh, upcoming playoff opponents by double digits this season. Uh, the Jags smoked the Chargers in Los Angeles. And that I remember when that happened earlier this year, and I thought, well, they're alive. There is a pulse in Jacksonville. They're also well-coached. Jacksonville is well-coached. They are. They are. Yeah. They, um, they don't have a whole ton of, like, mm -mm. not even how, usually there are two ways that household names develop. One, you're a superstar. Two, the world finds out about you because you're a plucky underdog. I'm like, oh, okay. And you catch somebody on the way up. When Jacksonville arrives, if they ever do, I don't know that more than Trevor Lawrence is going to be a household name on that team. They don't have a ton of superstars. No. Uh, the one that made the AFC Championship did with Jalen. Oh, well, that team was loaded. It's just they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. So the other note here that is, I, I think for those of you who are my age, you remember this game very well. It was, uh, in terms of anticipation, it was an all-timer. Um, and that is that the Cowboys have not won, just so you know, a road playoff game since 1993. 
That game was a great one. It was against the 49ers in San Francisco, two teams that were loaded, and it was Troy Aikman taking out Steve Young if you do the quarterback versus quarterback thing. But it was an all-time game. Wow, 30 years. William Floyd played in that game, and I remember telling all of my friends, that's my buddy, as we were watching it. 30 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Mm. They've lost eight straight road playoff games, has Dallas. Hard to win on the road in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. that, that's, you're not going to have they typically got, a real good record. There was the Des Cotta game, too. They got screwed in there somewhere. They sure did. And the anniversary of that was yesterday, I believe. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, it wow. was, yeah. Yeah, that there was that weird time when the NFL was transitioning their catch rules, and we saw all kinds of bizarre stuff. Remember the Indianapolis game? There's a Vaguely. Troy Palomalu picked up a ball that was said to be a – I don't remember if it was said to be a – Catch, I could, catch fumble. It was something. Yeah, it was like a catch fumble, but I, the rule wasn't quite clear anymore. And I remember at some point, or maybe that was the impetus for why they changed the rule. And was it that ended the year being, the Pittsburgh won it all? Well, I just remember saying, like, at some point, they're they're going to make you get up and and dance. Like, you're going to have to do entire things to to prove that it's a catch that are above and beyond reason. I just remember that that was one of the perfect playoff runs in history. Um, I believe it was all in sequence with the Super Bowl, but I know for a fact that before Dallas went to Green Bay, Dallas was the benefactor of um, beneficiary of maybe like four different pass interference calls that could have gone either way mm -hmm, against Detroit, mm -hmm, against mm -hmm. Detroit in their own building. And they all went Dallas's way, and it looked like a pretty obvious Goodell inside job. But then after Green Bay advanced, after Dez caught it, even though they ruled it was incomplete, that was the Russell Wilson comeback where. Jesus was on his side. Oh, according, down the stretch. To, according to Russell, yeah. And he was weeping. And that was the Super Bowl with uh, I believe the Marshawn Lynch Malcolm Butler at the very end. So that's that was just a what a domino effect of you shouldn't have won it and now you pay the price the next game you play. Tom Brady all time in the playoffs. You've heard the number? You know what it is? I mean, obviously this is a weighty number given how many years he's played and how frequently they were in the playoffs, but it's rather remarkable. This is win-loss record? Mm -hmm. uh, just straight up Straight up win loss record all time postseason. Tom Brady. 46 and 12. Close. 35 and 12. Okay. He's 35 yeah. and 12. Against the spread, he's uh, five games above 500 against the spread. So. A lot of bye weeks. Huh? How could I forget? Tom Brady was on a bye for about 15 years. Yeah. So, again, that's it's pretty crazy. By the way, Tom Brady all time quarterback in the playoffs while manning an underdog is seven and three against the spread. A lot of that was early in his career. He's 20 and 8 straight up in games played on Monday night. He's had incredible uh, success. Something's got to give because he's <laughs> 2 and 14 in his last 16 in primetime or 2 and 16 in his last 18. I do um I don't know. I I I do remember what is the game It was the New England game, the day game on the road against Baltimore where they got boat raced. Mm -hmm. At home. yeah. Oh, that was at home? Yeah, yeah. They, they got blown out in that game. Yeah, Ray Rice went for yeah, 80 yeah. yards on like the first play. I remember that. Yeah, because all I could remember was that I thought it was odd. It felt weird that it was on in the middle of the afternoon, and it was also weird that they were losing by like four touchdowns at some point, and I was thinking, what in the hell has happened here? This is nuts. 33-14 was the final. That was 2010. January of 2010. What was the final? 33 to 14. Yeah, it was an ass beating. 
Tom Brady has more than double the playoff wins, 35, of all the other starting quarterbacks in the playoffs combined. I won't bore you with all these, but they are absurd. Uh, as a home dog in his career is 10-2 and two against the spread. Straight up, he's 8-4. and four. Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins since 2000. The Dallas Cowboys have three. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> I mean, that, that's nuts. Yeah, here you go. Ray Rice, 83-yard touchdown right out the gate. Remember that. Can you name the four teams that Tom Brady is undefeated against in his career? Well, one's Dallas. Yes, 7-0. and Hmm. Undefeated um, against four teams in his career. One of them he will remain undefeated against forevermore, no matter what. The Buccaneers? That is correct. Yeah. Well, you never know. He could play for the Dolphins next I year suppose. or something. Yeah, he's 1-0 and against the... Uh, oh, it was oh, 4-0 against I was going to say, Bay. that was it, the Monday game? No, no, he's 4-0 uh, against Tampa Bay. Sorry. Okay. It's got to be so NFC you gotta name teams, So you've got to name right? the other two. It's got to be NFC teams. Um, Atlanta? No. Okay. Detroit? Minnesota, the Vikings. He is 6-0 and against the Vikings. Huh, okay. Owns their ass. And he is 1-0 and against New England. Oh, duh. That's, that's a, a tricky. That's a tricky, yeah. tricky. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chat TV. You're The potential Chiefs-Bills AFC title game. I'll wait till the music stops so that everybody can hear. It is uh, the potential Chiefs-Bills AFC title game will be played in Atlanta. Mercedes-Benz Stadium will be the neutral site for a uh, Chiefs-Bills AFC championship game. That was announced today. That Resolution was approved last week to mitigate the competitive inequities created by, obviously, the cancellation of the Week 17 game between Buffalo and Cincinnati, which included the play the AFC Championship game at a neutral side if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both have been the number one seed, would have been, could have been the number one seed and hosted the game, had all AFC clubs played a full 17 regular season games. You and I talked about this off the air. I was like... You know, I don't know when people will feel comfortable talking about this, but we do know the business of football is going to continue in the wake of DeMar Hamlin, and the playoffs are going to be played, and those seedings, you know, without being callous, uh, they're going to have to uh, favor somebody based on record, and you're going to have an unequal number of games played, so how are you going to do this? How are you going to meet this out? And I did wonder that, and I don't think it was um, – you know, callous to to start to have the conversation. Everybody knows that a human being's life is more important than football, but we also know that in the real world, in any walk of life, unfortunately, accidents happen, people die, things occur, but business goes on. Somebody else is named interim CEO or whatever it might be of the business, and you move forward, but you do so respectfully and in, in, in the best you can. Um, and, and we knew the NFL would, too. So I did wonder what they were going to do with that. The game was canceled. We know why. All other potential AFC Championship game matchups would take place at the home stadium of the higher seed. So nothing really changes too much. There. Yeah, there was a, a plan that was floated out there in which you'd have the NFC wildcard round this weekend in addition to Bengals and Bills. Mm -hmm. 
and then the AFC playoffs, they wouldn't Start. get to buy before the Super Bowl, but they would be able to make up all the games and then yeah. seed everything out. They decided to do this instead. I don't know. I mean, if you get that particular matchup, would you drive up to Atlanta? You I'd go love up? to see that game. Okay. Let's go. All right. They considered Las Vegas, and they considered New Orleans as well for hosting the AFC title game at a neutral site. Um, the league chose Atlanta because it was equidistant from Buffalo and Kansas City. So there were no, you know, first there were a lot of, if you really think about this, it makes a ton of sense. It's equidistant between the two cities, yeah. but weather is not an issue either. I mean, you're going to play in the Mercedes Dome, so you have a neutral site game, a truly neutral site game. Right, and both cities could have been crappy weather, so it's not like it's one, right. you know, Buffalo's benefiting right. because they're playing Miami or something. No, yeah. right. Yeah. So equidistant, no weather concerns, and the venue's availability. So, you, I mean, these other places have to be available. And a lot of times when seasons end, concerts start and everything else at these venues. So that venue was open for business. It's a brand new stadium. It's equidistant. It was a slam dunk. It's also an airport that everybody can get to. Well, hell yes. I'm telling you, buddy, I, I went on another rant yesterday. You would have been Oh, pleased. did you? Well, in the car with my wife. I was going to say, we were on the air. No, oh, she stared off in the distance. Yeah. She's like, here he goes again. Well... If you will, let, let me explain the impetus for this. If you drive uh, almost anywhere in this city right now, you see development. It's time <laughs> for Top Talk, brought to you by Pinch a Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch a Penny on Greer Street. Now it's live to the top. If you drive anywhere in our fair city currently, you'll notice a ton of development. Now, going down Thomasville Road, that's so that they can make another 50 churches. Uh, and then if you look elsewhere, if you go down Centerville Road, that's yep. a development where there's going to be a community. If you go out, out by, by where house. you are, those yep. are all communities, right? Buck Lake is about to get loaded up. Right. All right. Give us the restaurants to go with it. Let's oh, go. It, it will follow, Today. sir. It will follow. It will follow. Okay. So the point is, everywhere you go, development. So I asked her, this is how the conversation began. Oh, you're moving to Dublin. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You mean Ireland? Georgia. Not Georgia. No. no, you're saying this is getting too much. This is turning oh, into the new, yeah, oh, well, no, new metropolis. No, no, that, no, no, never mind, never mind. I'm not getting. I'm not going to get myself in hot water about the issue with the seven thousand churches on Thomasville Road. No, I'm talking about the development of just you know. There's too much concrete now. It's like the, uh, Tampa St. Pete. Once upon a time, there Without was greenery. The beaches, yeah, there was greenery down uh, there. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to this. Don't get me sidetracked now. All right, all right. So, if they're developing all of these new area neighborhoods, for lack of a better term, right? Like new homes, new apartments. It would suggest that Tallahassee is growing, that the population is growing. Now, I checked these numbers. I don't really see the massive growth that is commiserate to the amount of neighborhoods being built. But I'll delve deeper at a later date because clearly I'm wrong about this. Well, it could be migration trends around the country. We're preparing. Okay, I suppose. But I continue to, to notice this, and I said, well, that's interesting. We're just going to continue to add people to our fair city here. And how is it they're going to get in and out of town? 
It certainly won't be by flying from this piece of crap airport of ours that is an embarrassment to the state, the capital, and the fine citizens of Tallahassee. Can't get in and out of here. It's insane. And so she she knew that was coming, and I'm, I'm doing this less to go on another rant, but just because I thought you would appreciate more than anybody that it started here. It started with this. We're driving. Her and I, we're driving. We go past the development. I'm like, look at that. I just tore down all the trees over there too. And then she's like, yeah, yeah. And I went, looks like they're building more houses. Hmm. Kept going. Remember when Magnolia was all trees? Yeah. So yeah. do you think, because you know me. Thank God there's a Blaze Pizza there, though. <laughs> you know me better than most. So I'm curious, when in that sentence of me turning, noticing the subdivision being built, looking back to the road and going, huh, building another community I see. Would you go, here comes a rant about the airport? Mm. You're usually out in front. Like, you're probably thinking three, two. Yeah, what I would do is set the odds on airport versus traffic. Because (laughs) now we're going to have more traffic concerns because there are too many people here. Yeah, but I don't get all that concerned about traffic. I've learned, I've gone to my Zen place with traffic. The airport. Not not when you're in it. The airport. The airport is the problem. It's it's just I, I just don't understand it. You need a tub. That's what you need. Pitch penny. They got hundreds of them. Go on in there, take a look, get you the one that you want, and uh, they'll deliver it, of course. Get it all set up. You're all good to go. Comes with water. <laughs> but not a new airport. We should all buy tubs if that'll aid the process of finding affordable flights in and out of the capital city of the state of Florida. Okay. All right. So there's another business that's that's anchored right here in our fair mm. capital city, and that's our friends at ISF. So if you were solving oh, well, for the there, future. There we go. There we go. Nope. If you were solving for the future, I was going to suggest an idea of maybe drafting a few teams to win the Super Bowl, and then we have a list, you know. I mean, said I went on a rant about the damn ridiculousness so, of this airport. If you could draft, maybe we'll do two apiece. You could draft a city, an airport, to add to Tallahassee's destination list. Reliably. They've got flights every day to and fro. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to ask for much. I understand we're not Tampa. We're not Atlanta. We're not Miami. We're not Chicago. We're not Philly. Part of why we live here is because we're not those places. There's there's, there's a you know there's a give and a take with all this. I get, yeah. I get that, right? Okay. But if you're the capital city of the state, and we are, you ought to be able... Traverse freely without, you know, throughout the state to the important cities of the state, the heavily populated areas, such as Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, Miami. Get me in and out of there for next to nothing. Let's right. go, baby. Let's go. We used to have those flights. So get me to Atlanta for next to nothing. Get me to DC next to nothing. They do have the DC flight. They've got Atlanta, DC, mm-hmm. Dallas, Miami. Those are the main ones. Mm-hmm. Charlotte as well, I believe. That's Nowhere it. else. Nowhere else. Tampa should Screwed. be. Screwed. Screwed. You're better off. St. Pete. St. Pete. They got two airports down there. I know. You're better off going. Well, basically, they encourage you to leave town to take to get a flight. They don't want your money. Yep. 
Go to PCB. Oh, Destin. Destin, Fort Wall. All those places have a better airport. Every one of us have to go to these other places to take a flight unless you're just willing to wear it. Sometimes you are just because you're like, all right, well, I don't feel like driving two hours. I'll pay the extra $300. Or the corporate budget says, all right, you can take a flight. Right. That's mostly what it is. That has been the bane of this city's existence for a very, very long time. So what would you add? Tampa? Orlando? Yeah, short little puddle jump, 45-minute flight, 40-minute flight to Tampa. Let's go. People, but I'm not saying that selfishly. Yes, it would benefit me. I mean, I've got family in that area. Of course, we both do. It would be great. But that is a hugely pop, Pinellas County, Hillsborough County, these are hugely populated areas where people do need to get to and from the capital. Then you have Jacksonville, Orlando, Miami, any of these places, you ought to be able to, to traverse rather quickly. People do business. This is... <laughs> yeah. uh, and it, it, it doesn't seem to matter. It won't matter. I'm not, uh, No, I'm not going to do it. Let's just... Jonathan, if, if you you're can... listening to Solving for the Future, uh, can ISF help us here? You guys work wonders across the nation. It is... Uh, you, you, it's a collaborative effort. It is, it is something that has aided uh, through technology and, and proper planning and collaboration with state government. You've been able to work wonders for thousands of businesses. Can we do something with the airport? If I could offer you a choice, it's the red pill or the blue pill. I'm Morpheus here. And you can, you can have one but not the other of legalized sports gambling. Well, you know that's where I'm going. Or an airport that takes you wherever you want nonstop Reasonably, here in Tallahassee. Yeah. For reasonable price. Oh, I don't know. That's tough. Which which pill would you uh, take? Actually, the airport. Actually, the airport. You would take the yeah, airport. Yeah, I think I take because you just continue. Yeah, I just bet with my bookie. Yeah, I just bet with my bookie. I don't. You know, I think we all benefit if they legalize gambling in the state like it once was for about five minutes. But that's coming. I, I'm not worried about that. That's going to happen in 2024. But the the airport. Ooh, the, all right. The airport. Right. Yeah, no, I'm feeling good about 2024. 2024 but, would have that and the NCAA video game. Boom! What what a, a better year it's going to be, buddy. And I'll tell you what. Think about this. If you can, I mean, I'm a big fan of and and believe that uh, most of the uh, the things that you can do in life together are about experiences. So let's take it on. Let's go places. Let's go do things affordably together. Let's all. We could fly to places that have legalized gambling if we could yeah, just get yep. on a flight out of Tallahassee and not have to drive to Fort Walton, well, Destin. And not risk our life. Right. Silver Airways. <laughs> is, is it Silver Airways? Is that the one I brought up for the one time? And, and I'm like, well, I mean, and I said something and they were like, no, no, they had a crash, Jeff. They did. Somebody brought that up. No, that was uh, AirTran. AirTran. Yeah. AirTran. The, the not bike- to be confused with Z-Chan. <laughs> AirTran, the one I, uh, the one flight I took on AirTran uh, was very affordable down to Tampa some 20 years ago when they had flights to Tampa that were reasonable. Uh, my knees were up around my throat. I remember I was just like, well, good God, AirTran, I see where you're saving the money. This is a flight for children. But it was affordable. It was nice. Reasonable. I could do that for forty minutes. Uh, forty minutes. Yeah. I'll be like this for forty minutes. Let's go. They were the first ones. Put on to my not, headset. And let's ride. They were the first ones to not serve snacks and a drink. Like, sorry, flight's too short. They were ahead of the game because now that's every flight that's under two hours. So, all right, here's your water, and perhaps some stale, 
Would you like three stale <laughs> cheese and crackers? No. It's the Jeff Cameron Show. 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Um, all right, so so away we go and and wagers as we call it a day. Uh, okay, you, uh, go ahead and give everybody your uh, all right. Did you do surprise picks by the way? I did not, and I, that was just a really hearty cough. Mm. That all right got me. You okay? Yes, yes, all I am. All right. All right, so to share with the folks, there's no graphic for this director, Matthew. So this is just get out your pencil and your paper. Your paper, your paper. You got to move the lines here. It's more than a tease. You got to move the lines a little bit. Hey, to get sometimes the value. you got to move the lines, baby. All right. You're going to take favorites yes. or you're going to give yourself negative odds, but you're going to pile them together so they become positive odds because you need multiple things to happen at once. That's how this works, kids. Correct. Just on the other side of even in a couple of these cases. Yeah. So uh, the Bills are favored by 13 and a half, I think You're going to go ahead and spin that down to six and a half. Five and a half. Whoa, I, want, I want the whoa. insurance at six. Why? That's not a big number. Six, six and a half is where it's at. Just in case they dilly-dally. I like it. I like. The, <laughs> I, I will pay for the extra insurance okay, there. Well, That's what you, I'm doing. These you, you definitely are. The cost I'm taking on. Six and a half would have worked. Cincinnati at two and a half. All right, so you're piecing this together. Buffalo five and a half, Cincinnati and two and a half. And I just got a weird feeling that the Niners and Seahawks game was going to be very close. Ugly, you know, a little 17, There's no evidence 14. to that end, but I understand what you're saying. Purdy throws a couple of picks, yeah, whatever. Right. So San Fran minus nine and a half versus Seattle. You right. tease down to what? To a money line straight up winner. Oh, goodness. All right, gracious. so it sounds like. Why not two and a half? You could give yourself more money. No, that's all right. That's all, all right. right. I'm paying for the insurance. The peace of mind It's like a good security system. So San Francisco to win, the Bengals minus two and a half, and the Bills minus five and a half. These are all very favorable to me. At you, plus what? One hundred six. Yeah, plus one hundred six. Just right. about. It's a little better than even money. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I, thought, I was going to say we're going to get the Jimbo. Uh, I went Tampa Bay and Dallas under forty five and a half for the total. I did not share your concerns for San Francisco's battle with Seattle and decided to only tease it down to six and a half and okay. marry it with my under with the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. Okay. So that now we have overwhelmingly plus odds. We're in yeah. good shape oh, you're here. You're in real good shape. And then I took, and this is the one where it's a kicker. This is the, I'm going to need them to, I'm going to need Trevor to show up. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, man. I'm going to take the Jacks. Here you go, Butts fans. I like this next-level play, though, because you built in an advantage that you can go chase on Sunday if you need to. That's right. You'll know by Saturday night. Butts fans, here we are in honor of cigarettes and home pregnancy kits and the landing. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars, proper representation, symbols of Jacksonville on the money line over the Chargers. Wow. On the money line over the Chargers. Now, you group those three together, and you've got plus odds for days. 360? Yeah. In that neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. If it was actually 360, I'd be impressed. So, there it is. I once saw Phil Mickelson miss a two-foot putt sitting at the landing eating wings. I was going to say, you're not alone. A lot of people have seen him miss a two-foot putt. I'm just telling you, I saw that one time and thought, hmm, my question to you 
mm-hmm. since your household cares deeply about this next one. All right. You like the Giants plus three and a half against the Vikings? Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I like the Vikings in that game. I like the Vikings to win. I think it's going to be a close game. The previous one certainly was. I think the Giants are going to run the ball all over Minnesota. And there's evidence to that end. There is. I don't think this is where Minnesota lays its egg. I think that comes next. They're going to. Yeah, they're not. That's not a good team despite the record. They're an okay team. Um, they got they got too many problems. They got a lot of good players, though. They got a good coach, too, who schemes it up. I love their coach. Their coach has won them more games this year than they should have won, and thus the expectations are real high. It reminds me of all those years Mike Martin would take certain teams to the College World Series only to add to the ledger of times that he didn't win it in the College World Series, and people would get mad and be like, no, this isn't the year. The year to get mad is when they were favorites. The year to get mad is when they were the one seed. Don't get mad when he takes an average-ass team out there and loses. No, in this case, I mean, Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving yards again. It's not like Thielen's in his prime. It's not like Dalvin was kicking ass. No. That's impressive. Everybody knows it's going to him. It still does. Good work out of you, sir. Thank you, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Libations Friday edition tomorrow. Hey, we'll celebrate it. It'll be good. Peace.